is it, man. Welcome, welcome to the the Archer and Snack Show. Yeah, it's been a long time. People have been waiting for this for years. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the the Archer and Snack Show. I'm Snack Bar. And I'm and Archer. People have been waiting for this for years. Yeah, it's been a long time. The interesting thing, though, is like, um, because if you if you have to be on mic, like then you have to be on mic. Like if you want it to be a casual conversation, you want it like just you want to be able to move. Like I move a lot when I talk. Yeah. So like staying on mic, it reminds you that you're on mic. Does that make sense? Because you have to be right in front of it. Yeah, because you have to be right in front of it. And if you want to, if you want to pretend, like we're trying to pretend like we're not recording right yeah. now. Yeah. And we're having like just a normal conversation. Yeah. But it's hard because if I'm having a normal conversation, I don't have to put my lips right on this mic right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh uh, yeah. So it's it's a constant reminder that like you're not pretending. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely awkward. It'll take some time to get used to. Yeah. Well, introduce yourself. What's your name? (laughs) I'm Jake West, also known as Archer. Archer. And then I am Snack Bar, uh, famous for Snack Bar Sports Picks. (laughs) (laughs) On daily, every day, every morning, uh, you can get your your free picks. But this is the main podcast because this is where we break down sports betting. That the one that I do in the morning is only seven minutes and like it's it's very dry. It almost sounds like it's a stock market. Um, it like just like gives you the news and the markets. I look forward to it honestly. Oh, uh, all right, yeah. It's just I, I don't get it. It doesn't feel loose. It feels like I'm like just going to business. Like every night when I come in here, it's just like I'm getting down to business. But this. It already has like an atmosphere of like, we're here to have fun. It's sports betting after dark. Okay. I like that. <laughs> when do the girls come? <laughs> uh, we should probably, yeah. That's another we'll, episode. We'll edit that out. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, this is the Snack Bar and Archer sports betting show where we're going to dive into sports betting once a week. Yeah. Glad you guys are here with us. And we already had one episode that we put out last week and um that episode we actually recorded a year ago because we were going to do this a year ago and it certain things made it so we couldn't but uh we're finally getting into it and uh what did you think about that first episode uh overall i thought we did okay for our very first podcast uh obviously the very end was abrupt ending but um yeah i don't know I, I feel like it gave a good origin story about where we came from and why we're doing what we're doing. We did get over, we went over the origin story and we explained that well. You sounded really good on it, I thought. I I thought I sounded like I was drunk and like slightly annoying. Might have been because you were drunk, but. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I thought that um, from now on, you shouldn't get drunk for these. And then so I've only had two drinks. <laughs> <laughs> For this one, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna try to keep it down a little bit. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, what do you think this podcast is gonna be? Because I have like, I think that, I think this podcast, like, we've the fr- one of the critiques that I have for the first one, because mm-hmm. you like the first one more than I did. Yeah, probably because you sounded very coherent <laughs> and I didn't. But one of the other critiques that I had. I, we did go over stuff, but it did sound all a little bit all over the place. So for this one, we actually made an outline. Yeah. So we sound like we know what we're doing, exactly. even though we still don't. But at least we like can kind of figure out how what this is going to be. And I and I told you before, I think with this podcast, I think with probably any podcast, you can think it's going to be one thing, but then if it's successful, it's going to turn into something else. Yeah. And I think we kind of have to give it find out what that is that's the exciting part we're gonna find out what this is yeah so i have an idea of what this can be but who knows what it's gonna be yeah i i think it would be very beneficial if we can offer value to our clients by letting them learn with us how we 
basically analyze the markets and how we gauge value and risk and I don't know if we can just learn together as a community like how we all wanted to share our secrets with everybody and how they can basically become better better <laughs> yeah and make money at betting on sports that that's a good that's a good point is that that's what we want this to be as a community and to grow with them yeah and not only do we believe in that so much that we are pretty much starting this business where we're giving out picks like on the ground level like yeah. it's very basic what our website is now I mean, we don't even have an app, but we're going to like build it as we go. Yeah, that's what we've been doing for a while. I mean, it's all been organic growth. We've just started out giving out our picks to friends. And that was extremely stressful at the beginning because you have a lot of bit of, a lot of responsibility putting your picks on the line. And I honestly have uh, I have a harder time losing other people's money than I do my own. If I lose my own, I, I feel fine because I know I. I did the research and I found an edge and in the long run, I feel that it's profitable. But when other people lose money, it's like, I take that really personal. <laughs> yeah. So you're almost a little, are you more hesitant when you're giving out player prop picks? Cause that's what you do is player prop picks. Yeah. Are you more hesitant since other, since we have clients that are like looking at how you're doing? Yeah, definitely. Okay, I have to yeah. be even more strict and I definitely cut down on any questionable picks. Yeah. Whereas if, if if you didn't have clients and it was just your bankroll, you probably would be a little bit more riskier. I, I would say that I, I wouldn't need such a, a big gap, uh, such a big edge, like maybe a 3% edge would look more appealing to me. But when I'm looking for the client, I want probably closer to 5% edge. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can see... I can see that's where like this podcast is going where we're like we're kind of like showing the whole structure of like how how you come up with a bet and and um you know where where what what is our mindset mm -hmm. when we are looking for bets. Yeah, cuz it's very intimidating. Like basically where do you even start when when you're looking at that? It's just there's all these different lines and teams and players and odds and there's so much to look at and um we're trying to give our clients picks but that's honestly only one part of it it's there's a lot about obviously money management and psychology and just trying to find a betting strategy and f following your strategy so i don't know we basically have have to get everybody on the same page to look at at it like how how we do and basically take it serious we, we're not in here to gamble. We're trying to find an edge on the sports book. Yeah, and have a good time while we're doing it. Very true. And that's why we're starting at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So just to give you kind of an idea, like for team bet, I'm, I handle the team bet. So like, let's say on Monday, there's a football game, Dallas and Tampa Bay, and Dallas is minus two and a half. My bet that I would recommend would be like Dallas minus two and a half. But you might have a player prop bet because you handle the player prop markets mm -hmm. where you would have... Um, like four net... Under four and a half receptions. Okay, something like that. Something yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea of where each of us are coming from, like what each of our markets that we're handling. Yeah. And then since we are starting this from the ground up, we thought that we would track the whole thing. Exactly. So for team bets, I started tracking everything and putting it out there online and uh, on this podcast and on Snack Bar Sports Picks, where on November 23rd, 2022 and we're just going to keep doing this until 2062 and see and see how everything goes and and so you can see how it's done like in a professional way yeah and all the ups and the downs so for the team just to give you an idea for the team market uh we start with a ten thousand dollar bankroll and then for the player prop market we started with a ten thousand dollar bankroll yeah and we track everything and we're going to go over everything and, and we're going to do this journey together with if you're a you bet smart client or if you're just a fan of the podcast exactly yeah so you can just see our bankroll grow and decrease daily and uh we're tracking everything you can follow it online or follow us on the podcast and you could hold us accountable too <laughs> how have things gone so far for you 
Um, I started after you because I was trying to get a lot of stuff done with the automation and trying to do the dashboard and a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Like the business part of it. You were handling a lot of like the business organization and operations. Yeah. You did a lot of that stuff. Just so when we were launching, I'd be a little bit more prepared for uh, getting daily picks out and still managing other parts of the business as well. Yeah. Um, So... I started off, actually, I pulled back pretty sharply at the beginning. I I, uh, took some time off when we were working on the business, the automation. I was just trying to get everything in order before we started. So when I did start, I I felt a little rusty in all honesty. I hadn't... I hadn't done the algorithm. You took some time off. Yeah. To to work on the business side of things. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so... I noticed that I made multiple bets that didn't meet all my criteria, and it's because I had part of the algorithm uh, flip-flop, basically. Like, I I just had some of the filters messed up. There's multiple layers. There's probably, like, eight different layers for some of these props, and I I messed up on one of the layers and made a couple bets that I shouldn't have. So, in all honesty, I started out cold. I was down 1,300 in, like, the first few days or something. And then, so I started doing picks on the on uh, January second, and then uh, I would say around uh, the seventh is when I started to do better. Five days later. Yeah. So I, I was really cold. I was kind of tweaking some stuff in the algorithm and and uh, working on the bot, like the bot logic. To basically, I'm basically creating a filter to let bets go through like profitable bets and it's kind of like tweaking the filter if i make the criteria too strict then no bets will go through and if i make it too loose then a bunch of bets will go through so it's just kind of like fine-tuning the algorithm and then um so so, you were down 1300 early and then you came back yeah so like on right around look it looks like the seventh the eighth since the seventh we're profitable we're profitable on the eighth the ninth the tenth the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, and the 14th. So, What's today's date? The 14th? Yeah. Okay, so you have all the bets in from for today? Yeah. So, oh, wow. So, How'd you do today? Uh, I'm just... Nine and four for plus almost 1,200. So Dang. So you got to be up over 2,000 now. Uh, it says 4,300. You're up 4,300. That If, if this uh, dashboard's correctly right now... Yeah. Whoa, that is insane. That's awesome. Yeah, because uh, in the last two days, it's been plus 2,400. Okay, the last two days. You had yeah. a really good day yesterday, yeah. too. Maybe I didn't see how you did yesterday, too. It looks like one, two, three, four, five, six. So seven straight profitable days. Wow, that is amazing. So like, That's great. Just fine-tuning the algorithm. Just I feel like it's it's working now and... I originally, right when it came out the first like week, I felt like the win rate was close to 30%, and then now it's it's getting closer to where it should be, closer to 60 It's at f- almost 59%. Because I think historically, you're around 60% with player props. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Maybe. historically with teams, I'm usually around 55%. Yeah. Yeah, but that's our bread and butter is the player props, by far. Yeah, we got a good combination. Yeah. Wow, that's great. I just learned about all that in real time right now. I didn't know you were killing it so good in the last two days. That is absolutely amazing. I'm doing a similar, similar. I've had a lot more time and a lot more bets. But like I said, it's a little bit harder with the teams and I'm usually around 55%. But right now I'm a little, I'm up just over 40%. That's great. Um, It sounds like you are right, right there too. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, both markets are doing really good. Do you have a breakdown at all of any of your micro markets? Like, what are you doing like really good in, as far um, as like hockey, basketball? Yeah, football? hockey, uh, plus twenty seven sixty eight, um, NBA plus twenty three twenty four, and then NFL started off really cold. That's down fourteen twenty two. Okay. <laughs> But I've also start. I like turned on that algorithm at the very tail end of the season. That's when I started recording, and I'm not recording any of the wins that I did earlier in the season. So 
I don't know. I'm just basically st- I started off with a cold streak and I have to dig my way out of it. So. And at the end of a season, when's the best time to have player prop bets in a season? Let's just, so let's just say like yeah. NFL season. Would it be like week two, week eight, week eighteen? When's it's the best time? Definitely not the end uh, <laughs> when I started. The best time on, on every sport for for us historically has always been in the middle of the the season. It's a sweet spot because. The lineups are the same. Uh, you get really consistent trends, and it's just easier to figure out a, a little bit. Uh, it's easier to to control the variables. At the very beginning of the season, there's different coaches, different players. There's people getting older, and, and the younger guys are coming up, and you don't know who's going to have what playing time necessarily at the beginning. But then right in the middle of the season, it's just – I don't know. Everybody's kind of the roster's set, so to speak. Yeah, and so it's a lot easier to to predict. Yeah, I I find the same thing. Um, I was kind of at the end of the season for football, and I had a lot of football bets. And football is doing the worst for me too. Football is down on both college football and NFL football, and then college basketball and NHL are my best. Um, but I also find that football is probably the hardest. It's a shame because football is the most popular sport to bet on, but football is the hardest to make money on because I find because of data, there's no, they only play 17 games in the regular season now. And then just like you said, the first three or four games, it's hard to bet on those because there's not enough data mm-hmm. for the new season. Exactly. And then the last three or four games, there's so many like wild variables, playoff picture, uh, team uh, players' contracts. Exactly. So you don't know what's going to happen in those. So you really only have like eight games to yeah. go off of. Yeah. As opposed to like baseball where they're just grinding it out for like five months and they have 162 games and there's so much data in baseball yeah with football you have eight games that's not enough data to like make a a a confident decision in your bet so football so that's another thing is like football's a football's i would say is the hardest thing hardest sport to bet on yeah that's a good uh breakdown right there Baseball is probably the most friendly because I know they take a low rake per game because there's so many games. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, and then hockey. The, another th- another thing that like comes to mind is uh, with hockey and soccer, there's not as much betting, so the the lines that the bookies are giving mm-hmm. might be a little bit more uh, true, so you can find like the edge a little bit more because. I don't know with with football um there's so much money being bet on it like you almost have to go off not on the data of the games because they're placing their they're like placing their lines more towards what the market is doing what like the public is doing yeah where like soccer and hockey there's not as as much liquidity in it so like you can use your data more your data like uh, has more value to it. Okay. If that makes sense. I, I, I think I got you. That might not make sense. I'm not going to have a third drink. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that much. <laughs> I'm going to stick to two. And then, and then I'll, uh, maybe I'll get more coherent as the podcast goes. So that's what the, that's what the podcast is going to be. We kind of dove into a little bit of what we thought. We dove into a lot more than what I thought we would. Um, yeah, is I, there anything else that you? What were we gonna say? Yeah, I actually had one more um, thing to bring up about our first podcast. Okay, yeah, I had a something that I brought up. I said at, at one point I thought we had the potential to be able to double our money every two to three months. So I I want to like clarify that a little bit more because that could sound like false information, and in a way it is. Like, yeah, we can't like at the very beginning of the season, like we were talking about, and. It, earlier and at the very end of the season there's no way we'll be doubling our money but what, what i was saying is when our filters were working great our algorithms were working great at the middle of the season when when we're doing really well like we have the potential to to do that so it's not like we do that month over month that's ridiculous is there a way that we can 
focus more on i mean we we've just told that the middle of the season is a little bit better yeah but how is there a way that we can put it out there that um we can put more emphasis on the bets in the middle of the season and put less emphasis on the bets at the end and the beginning of the season yeah i love that with the star rating system so i i do like to have higher stars in the sweet spot in the middle and then at the tail end i'll i'd like to have like two stars and even one star if it's like a new market that we're we don't have a whole lot of uh data on and i've i've explained the star system on snack bar sports picks yeah. i think we've even kind of explained it on social media but what is the star <clears throat> system so the star system is just a way to manage our fake bankroll. Our bankroll, like you said earlier, we're both starting out with $10,000 bankroll just to show you how much you would have made over time. And so when we say we're betting one star, that's like 1% of that fake bankroll. When we're saying a five star, that would be 5% of that fake bankroll. So this is how we're managing this fake bankroll. This is what works for our system. And for what we believe in, but we can't give uh, recommendations on managing your own bankroll. You'll have to do your own research on that. But it's heavily recommended that you use the star system. I mean, I, in my opinion, yeah, that we've developed this star system because yeah. it works. And also, um, I think you you were you were planning on talking about this like a little bit later, um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about it a little bit later. I, there's also money management which is kind of like the star system and there's also like your theory that you've come up with on what what is that is there a noise that's going on yeah i guess the podcast was beeping or something or the, the, po- the equipment the know. equipment was huh because we were like on fire or? <laughs> i don't know maybe we're getting censored or something we were doing we're, yeah <laughs> jesus chat G, gpt is on here <laughs> um yeah, we'll talk about that later. You were, we were going to talk about money management, but it just reminds me of your theory on infinite bankrolls. Yeah. But we can talk about that later. Let's okay. talk about that later. Okay. Um. Yeah, we kind of so far so good. Like we've gone over like what we thought the this uh, podcast is going to be. Mm-hmm. We've criticized our first our first podcast. I yeah. thought that listening back, I thought we had good points mm-hmm. on the podcast. Like we. Um, I thought especially you had really good points, um, but it did end abruptly. Uh, and uh, that's my fault for being the producer. But um, <laughs> but um, at least we have something funny to laugh at. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we let's just go into it now. Like you, you're talking about the star system and having a 1%, a 2%, a 3%, a 4%, and a 5% bet system. Yeah. How how is that you've talked before about an infinite bankroll? How is it set up to be where you you can never lose money in a bankroll? Okay, so just to answer your question, I I'll, I'll like to go back to uh, how I even got to that conclusion in the in the first place. Okay. So <clears throat> you know when we were both young and we were playing poker all the time, I was playing a lot of online poker. I had read at least 20 poker books and was just obsessed with it. And um, I I ended up running a $20 bankroll up to over 800 playing small stakes poker. And then I eventually got into sports betting and I felt like I knew a lot, but I really didn't at the time. It's just because I watched a lot of sports. I thought I, I, I knew more than I really did. And I started to bet sports with that poker bankroll and i took a bet that i loved lost and then i ended up doubling my bet size lost doubled my bet size again lost and then literally my last bet i lost that one and wiped my whole bankroll out wow what was your bankroll to start so you built this bankroll up from poker tw- from 20 to over 800 playing small stakes oh you said the 20 to 800 and then with 800 what was your first bet size it might have been like 50 to maybe 50 or something. and So you did a 50 off the of 800, which is actually more than 5%. Yeah. That'd be like a six or seven star, yeah. which you're not supposed to do. Yeah. We were like, we don't, we don't recommend that. And then you just doubled that. I just doubled it like in four consecutive bets or something. Wow. And, and, it was and just wiped, wiped out. it out. And then was literally devastated. I 
took months off of doing like any poker, any sports. I just was really thinking like my whole strategy and everything. And at one point I came across a poker magazine that really opened my eyes. And so he was basically breaking down this like theory and math or it was like a math theorem. I, I think they called it where basically whoever has an infinite bankroll has the edge. So like, like a house is going to have an edge over you because their bankroll is pretty much infinite. Or when you're playing against the world, the world is basically an infinite bankroll against you. Like you have a limited bankroll, but when you're playing against everybody, like they have more money than you. So it's essentially infinite. Is there a way that you can make your bankroll infinite? Yeah. So like the whole point of that magazine was basically since you're up against an infinite bankroll, you need an infinite bankroll. So the way to make your oh. inf- your bankroll infinite is to bet a small percentage of your bankroll on each bet. So if you lose, then your bets get a little bit smaller. And then you you lose again, your bets get a little bit smaller. So in theory, you can keep losing for almost forever because it just manages your bankroll. Because like, as, yeah. as the bankroll gets smaller, so like if you had that $800 bankroll. Yeah. And you bet one percent, which would be eight dollars, mm-hmm. and it went down to seven hundred and ninety-two. Then the next bet would be seven dollars and ninety-two cents, and that's hypothetical. Like yeah, obviously, yeah. you're not going to do a seven dollar ninety-two cent bet, but yeah. it's a hypothetical. And as it gets smaller, your bet size gets smaller, so it can never go out. Exactly, it can never burn out. Yeah, exactly. So hmm. with that strategy, I've never had to refund a bank roll ever since since that. then since then okay because wow. the bankroll it's literally infinite yeah as long as you stay within those guidelines it once you go outside of that and you start doing five to ten percent twenty percent like you're just you're literally going to destroy your bankroll something else that i noticed too yeah i'm the way that you talk about that eight hundred dollar uh bankroll that you built up and given you might have been younger yeah but you talk about it like you were devastated that you lost that eight hundred dollars. I'm still devastated, and you and you still are bummed out. But yeah. I, that's my point: is yeah. that like eight hundred dollars isn't that much money, like in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But like you're not. In my point is like you're not devastated about the money, the amount of money. Mm-hmm. I think if it was eight hundred, if it was eighty, or if it was eight hundred thousand you would be equally devastated, which is the type of person that I want to be in business with betting. Yeah. Because you're, it doesn't matter the money, like the money, like you just want to win the game. Yeah, exactly. My strategy was flawed at the beginning. And that one adjustment, that infinite bankroll is literally the most valuable, like rule that we can have the most valuable advice that we could give. 95% of people lose money in like almost every market. It's, It's something along those lines. And, it comes down to money management is, is a big part of it, in my opinion. And when you're playing in a game and you have, you're playing the infinite bankroll theory, mm-hmm. the infinite bankroll theory makes it so you can't lose. Mm-hmm. So you can't lose the game. Yeah. So in really, that's like the most, that's where you have to start. That's like the most important rule is to have your mindset in the infinite bankroll theory. Yeah. Cause honestly, no matter how good you, you are or we are, like no matter how good a pick looks, there's nothing that's a for sure bet. We're looking at a small edge every single bet. Like none of these bets are locks. If anybody tells you a bet's a lock, they're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, that's true. So we're just looking at a small small edge and we're just trying to duplicate that over and over and in the long run it adds up quickly. So you've heard of Jet chat gpt right yes sir. you you love it yeah. i know you love it put in put a question in there yeah. have you heard of the infinite bankroll theory okay let's see let's check it out let's see what it says for that <laughs> i'm just like interested jake's typing let's see. jake is archer oh it is familiar with it what what does it say it says it's a principle used in gambling Get out of town. Particularly in the game of blackjack, which states that a player with an infinite amount of money would always have an advantage over the house. Okay. As they could continue to increase their bets to exploit favorable conditions at the table. In practice, however, 
most players do not have infinite bankrolls and must manage their money carefully to minimize losses and maximize their chances of winning. I like how it says most players don't have infinite. No, I think every player yeah. doesn't have it. Unless you use the infinite bankroll theory. <laughs> yeah. See, what it's not saying is the uh, the mental framework of saying, I have an infinite. How do you have an infinite? It's because you're lowering the amounts. Yeah. So like you have like it, if you have four thousand dollars, you're like I only have four thousand dollars to bet, but you actually have infinite amount of dollars if you just lower your bets. Exactly. If you can do that. Exactly. Yeah. Because in blackjack, I mean that's probably why they make a minimum bet. You know, because you can't lower it from yeah. ten to five. So then it it then makes your infinite bankroll not infinite. But with sports betting, you could do that because on online sports betting, like you can go down to like, you can make a 50 cent bet if you want to. Yeah, I got you. But the thing, the one thing that I want to point out is that if, let's say you're starting with a $10,000 bankroll and you're doing like 3% bets, which would be $300, it would take some time to get down to like 15,000 or 10,000 to like lower your bets Mm -hmm. and to get all the way down to like 10, like there's something wrong with your system there's something wrong with your models there's something wrong with your algorithm if you've if you've gone down if you're lowering your bets but you continue to go down and you've gone down from ten thousand to let's say two thousand dollars yeah there's something so you can like stop and say like there's something wrong with this with the way that i'm betting yeah like the model exactly so it kind of like buys you time the infinite bankroll theory buys you time and it and it tells you Hey, if you've gone on this long and it's still lowering, yeah. then you, you might need to like rethink what you're doing. Yeah, then you probably don't have an edge. But I guess why we're so confident about it is that we've been doing this for years yeah. and we haven't come across that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, know. That's very true. Like we've we've you definitely go down in sports betting. There's there's slumps. Yeah. You can go down you I think that we've maybe even had a slump in a year. But the stock market also has bear market. They're called bear markets. Yeah, exactly. To where you go down a year or two years. Um, but I, I feel like we have confidence in our betting system because we, even though we have bear markets, most of our markets are bull. Yeah, exactly. I, I know. We just have to, sorry to cut you off, but we just have to prove that to the public. And yeah. that's why we're doing this. That's, that's why we'll graph all our data. We're putting out everything there. And then in five, 10 years, you can see how the whole plan is played out. Exactly. Okay. Sorry, what were you going to say? Um, I cut you uh, off. No worries. I don't know um, specifically, but. Hold uh, on. Yeah. Put into Jet GPT, what was Jake going to say? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it doesn't know. Ah, uh, all right. Well, all right. Well, um, I don't know. I know we br- we brought up the stars, and we're gonna talk about some of the bets maybe over the week. Oh, how we've done the last week? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What uh, what bet stood out to you? Um, I don't know. I wanted to bring up that Mark Shifley bet. Yeah. Uh, I just know that. It felt good to be on the winning side this time. Uh, we took Mark Shifley over 0.5 points, and he he killed it against Pittsburgh. He had a uh, was it two goals? He had two goals. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Let me double check. Real and quick. he just needed one goal or one assist. What team does he play for? I don't even know. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he had uh, two goals. Yeah, and he only needed uh, one point. Obviously. So he had four shots on goal too. So uh, why did that one feel good? It felt good because I know on one of our TikTok videos, I recommended Mark Shifley under two and a half shots on goal. Back in the day, I think this was last season. Yeah, even. and that one didn't go as well. That one, uh, he had a hat trick. So not only did I lose the two and a half shots on goal, but he had three goals, which is just <laughs> unheard of. And uh, if you want to watch that TikTok video, it's pretty embarrassing. I can see by the look on your face right now that you can still like see it yeah. <laughs> playing out in your mind. Yeah, he got me good on that one. But yeah, it was good to be on the, the winning side this time. Thanks, he, thankfully, their algorithm was in favor of him this time. 
Yeah, and that's like a that's a new bet that you've been introducing to our clients is the point bet. Exactly. Right for hockey. Yeah. And I've always I don't I don't know if we have the stats on this. I mean, we do, but we we haven't made them public to where you're tracking them in real time. So, we can say that this these are our stats, but you just have to take our word for it. But I feel like not only is pl- the player prop market better than the team market, the best player prop market is the hockey player prop market. It's pretty. Doesn't it's been like pretty it? money. It doesn't yeah. seem like there's a, the same volume in terms of like bet quantity, but because in, ter- it, because in terms you, of bang for buck, like it, yeah, hockey. It's because there's your, not as many players or not not as many uh, props either, because you can only bet on shots on goal and points. Mm. But in basketball, you got points, assists, rebounds, threes. And it's not like, as popular. So yeah. they don't have as many options for you. And it's not as many stats, like, because you could only record the points or shots on goal. Or saves. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, there's not as many stats. Huh. So. Maybe one day they'll have, like, a time on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. I wonder if I wonder if that's why it works so well because there's less opportunity so or it's not as popular it seems like the less popular the sport and the less opportunity the more uh opportunity that you have to win the bet yeah i think so the less eyes that are looking over the bet the easier it is to find value yeah Hmm. that's interesting so yeah it's a that that must have felt good (laughs) to win that one I don't have to hang my head low like last time. The one bet that comes to mind for me, I mean, this is kind of a, an obscure bet. Um, I uh, and it, and it's a risky bet. Most of my bets are very like um, non-risky, especially since I'm in charge of the team bets, and I only win fifty-five percent of the time. So I have to be really on on the on like cue to make sure that I'm like winning every bet that I can. And not like losing any money that uh, just not giving away any money. So this was a risky bet. This bet was a plus 1600. And I just want to say like these, we do not recommend these bets. But But I'll explain how I came across recommending this bet. So this was a soccer bet. And it came across on our models. All of our models loved that this particular bet would be a draw. And this is between Ipswich and Plymouth. And this is a League One play in soccer. So for English soccer, they have like a whole league structure. And there's EPL, that's English Premier League. And it goes down to Championship. And then it goes down to League One. So this is kind of like, if you're thinking of baseball in America, it's like the double A. Okay. And um, uh, I mean, all of our models love this. They they just like absolutely were like in love with the draw. And Plymouth, just to give you a little background, Plymouth has moved up a league. And normally when you move up a league, you are you might drop back down. Or if you do really good, you just like stay in the middle of the pack and stay in the league. Mm-hmm. But with Plymouth, they are leading this league. They just came into this league and now they're in first place of this league. Wow. Probably going to go to the next highest. How long did it take them to get to the front? One season. Wow. Which is unheard of. Unheard of. So they are on fire this year. But um, Ipswich is doing really good too. And they are right on the verge of getting promoted to the next league as well. And they're playing at home in this game. Yeah. And all of our models love the draw. They're pretty much thinking like, Plymouth is killing it, mm-hmm. but Ipswich is playing at home. They've been playing really good at home. They've been playing really good the whole season. So they can squeak out a draw. They're yeah. probably going to squeak out a draw because another thing about these two teams is Ipswich seems to get ahead in the game and then they bring all of their decent defense back. So they play like an offensive game in the beginning. And then they get out to a lead. And then they have really good defenders, so they bring everybody back. It's called parking the bus. And basically that means out of the 11 players, you put 11, eight players in the box. Wow. So when the ball comes in there, you just you just clear it out. Wow. And so if you get out to a 1-0 lead, 
you just park the bus and you just keep that 1-0 lead and you get your three points. Okay. And that's Ipswich's, that's their MO okay. in every game. Plymouth is a little bit more aggressive. They, the reason why they've like came up from the, that bottom league and came up to this league and are probably going to go up to the next league is because they're so aggressive and that it's been working. Yeah. So they kill teams like 1-0-2-0-3-0-4-0-3-1. They just go for it. The only problem is if they do come across a team like Ipswich, they could give up that lead early because they're so risky and they could lose a goal on a counter. They bring all their players up, yeah. and if a team is good, Ipswich counters, scores a goal. So then they have to come from behind to okay. win, which they have a lot of come from behind victories, and they do it all the time. So the play was a draw. And if you're thinking about like how this game is going to come out, you would think that Ipswich is probably going to come out to a lead, and then Plymouth... They have a really good offense. They can come back. But Ipswich is really good at defending that lead. Yeah. But, and Plymouth usually comes back and takes over the game. But what if they just come back and it's a draw? So that's kind of what I, okay. I'm getting in the mind of the models. What are the models thinking the game's going to be? Okay. So I was like, the draw's really, I love the draw. The draw's going to be a pick. I had it down for a two-star pick. Okay. And for draw, the draw was plus 350. And for a plus 350, I normally just do one star. Because if you, if it everything's all even, that comes out to like 30%, 29%, whatever it is, win rate. Yeah. So you don't want to have a three-star pick at a at a 30% win rate. Because most of the time you're going to lose that three stars. Exactly. So I always bring high, high um, uh, bets, the high uh, bad, um, bad underdogs, yeah, underdogs, yeah, yeah okay. bad odds, like high underdogs down at one star, because okay. it's not going to win most of the time. Yeah, I got you, you don't want to throw too much of your bankroll out there. But this was so good. All of the models were like it was. It made sense so much that I was like, "This th plus three fifty actually should be a two star bet," which for like a minus one ten would be a five star bet. Yeah. If this was a minus one ten, this would be a f five star bet, which I've never had a five star bet yet. Yeah. And this one was that, so I was like, "This has got to be two stars." Then, if you think about like what the game was going to play out to be, Ipswich coming in and and scoring and then p playing defense in Plymouth possibly tying it at the end. Yeah. There's a bet in soccer called halftime full time. Okay. And what that bet is it it's who what is the result at halftime and what is the result at full time. Okay. So I just looked into that. Just to, I was curious yeah. just to see. I was like, man, if it's Ipswich comes out in the lead at halftime and they're winning and then it's a draw at the end of the game I'm like I would take that at like plus 700 or plus 800 like that would be like that's exactly how I think it's going to play out that's exactly how the models think it's going to play out if it's plus 700 or 800 maybe it'll put a little one star on that or or at least mention it yeah or just take the two star draw and like talk about it on snack bar sports picks it was plus 1600. Holy shit. Okay. And I'm like, what? Like that, that's insane to me. Cause this is exactly how I think the game's going to play out. Okay. So go to game time. All right. And I'm watching for whatever, cause this is like exciting bet. Like normally you don't have, I, I probably will never have another plus 1600 unless it's a golf bet. We can talk about golf bets later. <laughs> so I'm watching the game. Cause I'm like, if switch just needs to score that goal uh -huh. in the first half and then Plymouth, has to come back because Ipswich will bring all their defenders back and then Plymouth will just take the ball and they'll just try to score goals the whole second half. And that's what happened. Ipswich had a couple counters and almost scored a couple goals, especially one that was late in the first half. But they did score the goal first. Okay. Ipswich did come through and score the goal first, but it was in the 46th minute. So it was one minute into the second half. Oh, my God. 
So it was not the first half. It was one minute into the second half. Uh, and once they scored that goal, they parked the bus. Okay. Plymouth started coming back to try to tie the game. And in the 93rd minute, they tied the game. So everything, everything happened according to plan. But instead of scoring that goal in the first half, they scored it one minute into the second half. Oh, my God. And it lost. Which it should. It's a plus 1,600. It should lose. Wow. But it just hurts a little bit because everything happened exactly how you thought it would happen. Oh, my God. Everything happened exactly how you thought it would happen, but it it was still a loss. (laughs) Oh, that, yeah. What a bummer. Yeah, that's a great story for a loss, though. It's it's a fun, and that's what makes soccer so exciting because there's all these, like, weird bets. and, And the one cool thing about soccer is... You can, once you like discuss it with robots, the models tell you what they think are it's going to happen. You can like envision the game playing out. Yeah. It's hard for basketball. Like you can't do that with basketball because it's tough because like there's so many, there's so much scoring. Yeah. It's hard. With soccer, there's so less scoring. So you can almost like envision what the, how the game will play out a lot more. It's exciting. Yeah. I get a little too excited about <laughs> soccer. Wow, man. You almost won that one. Yeah. I think I talked a little too much about that, but it's all right. it was a fun bet. That was entertaining. That was it, the first time I heard that. So, Oh, uh, yeah. I like it. So that's the breakdowns of the bets. We, I, It's funny that we talked about a hockey bet and a soccer bet, the most rare sports to bet on, but um, <laughs> those are the most exciting in, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I, both of them are exciting. I, I tend to like a... MMA and like obviously like UFC. I, I love watching that, but we haven't started recommending those just yet. But uh, we'll get there someday. <laughs> I think so. I think that'll be a really popular one to talk about MMA. For sure. Yeah. We might have to bring some people in on that. To I, talk, I agree. Talk about it. Yeah, there could be a potentially really good fight coming up with John Jones and Cyril Gaon. It just got announced. Oh, today. okay. It's not official with UFC, but I saw that it was posted and... Uh, it sounded like John Jones confirmed it. When is that going to be? Like in the <clears throat> summer? I don't know. They don't have a date yet. Oh, okay. They're, it's just going to happen. It sounds like it. Uh, Francis Naganu might be leaving UFC. It sounds like the UFC didn't treat him with the respect that he feels he deserved because he's a big name and they weren't really paying him. So Francis Naganu might be leaving and Cyril Gunn is a, a beast and John Jones is the goat in my opinion so i I can't wait to watch that (laughs) dang yeah that sounds like i don't know that much about mma um i mean i know a little bit but i don't know a lot so it it would be um i'd love to like learn about it you know likewise yeah yeah speaking of goats uh the goat of the nfl is playing on monday Oh, yeah. Tom Brady. He's still in the league? No, yeah, I think he is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's still playing. <laughs> what, that, what an amazing track record that guy's got. So He does have a good track record. He's playing against Dallas. Um, I just wanted to, we were thinking about talking about a game that's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a good game to talk about. I mean, it's Tom Brady, the goat of the NFL. Yeah. And then they're playing against Dallas, who is a very popular team around the States in America. Um, what do you think is going to happen to this? Uh, damn, that's going to, you know, it's going to come down to the line. Even if, uh, even if the Cowboys are up, you can't count Tom Brady out. Um, I, I don't really have a prediction. I could see it going either way. I, was looking at all the player props and I saw a bunch that were I shouldn't say a bunch I saw two that stood out as as being close to being able to recommend but nothing that I felt met all the met all the criteria um why didn't they meet the criteria uh so I was looking at uh the bucks the bucks don't give up a lot of yards passing oh okay they uh, have oh, a good defensive passing yeah so they squad yeah they don't give up a lot oh, actually both teams don't give up a lot of yards passing and i was originally looking mm. at um mm. actually godwin on the bucks i was considering betting his under there was multiple models that were suggesting under and he's gone under slightly more than over it's a playoff game 
But then I looked, and um, even though the uh, Cowboys don't give up that many yards passing, they actually give up quite a few yards to receivers. So it's like they're giving up a lot of the yards to running backs and tight ends. Hmm. So uh, the Godwin, it was questionable. I think it was around 66 yards or something. And I was looking at the under, but he's gonna. it should be pretty close. And I was also looking at Leonard Fournette under four and a half yard, uh, four and a half receptions. And that one was really close too, and not, uh, not close enough to be able to recommend that. Does he get that many receptions this year? I don't. Uh, he's, it's right around fifty percent of the time. Four and a half. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize he was like that much involved in the passing game. I didn't either. He's a big dude. I I didn't know notice that he was much of a receiver, but he gets quite a bit of catches too sometimes. And I would, and you just mentioned that they give up a lot of, of their passing to running backs in, so yeah. that that's maybe why you didn't like yeah, exactly. recommend that one. Yeah. So there was a couple things that were almost there. Yeah, I don't. I like to try to stay away if I see conflicting trends. If all the trends aren't lining up one way, and I see that they're kind of, uh, button heads, so to speak, then I'll just stay away. There's some interesting stats for this game, especially with Brady, since he's. Mr. Stat since he's been around so long. Mm-hmm. But uh this is the first did you know this? I didn't know this. First this- losing season? Yeah. This is the first losing season he's had in 20 years where he's the starter. And they took him out like the final game too, so he didn't get to play most of it, I think. Oh, is that right? Okay, I didn't see that. But yeah, that that is pretty interesting. His very first losing season. That's great. That's insane. Unbelievable. I know that is unbelievable. Do you think he's going to come back? I don't know. I've counted him out for like the last 10 years. <laughs> he just keeps coming back, man. <laughs> he does. His contract is up. Uh, okay. So he could go to anybody. The Broncos could use a quarterback. Uh, they could. <laughs> they could They use. They could use a coach. Once they got rid of their coach, they were a lot better. Yeah. I think they... Did they win their last two games? I know they won at least the last one. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they almost won... If they didn't win that second to last one, they... Almost won it. I can't remember what happened. They looked a lot better once the coach, the other coach came in. Yeah. But listen to this. Brady, I just like recorded some stats because this was like, this is so crazy. He, it's his first losing season uh, for the first time in 20 years when he's a starter. He um, He's played in the most games in the playoffs. He has the most wins in the playoffs. He has the most Super Bowl titles. He has the most passing yards in the playoffs. He has the most passing touchdowns in the playoffs. I guess all that makes sense now that I say that out loud. Um, here's a weird one. The Cowboys are playing on the road. They are a favorite. So they're a favorite minus two and a half. I think they should be the favorite because the Bucks don't really look that good. They like hobbled into the playoffs. Yeah. Cowboys actually surprisingly look really good. Yeah. The whole season. 11 and 5 or 12 and 5. 12 and 5. 12 and 5. Um, the Cowboys, they have not won on the road in the playoffs since 1992. They're 0-8 on the road in the playoffs. Those types of stats actually are like bullshit, in my opinion, because... Different rosters and stuff. The players are completely different. Yeah. The players, the coaches. <laughs> yeah. The team in... Cow- the Cowboys of like 1992 have nothing to do with <laughs> the Cowboys of 2022. Yeah, for sure. It, it's the most bullshit stat. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. like, it's it's still interesting. Yeah. It makes you think. You're just like, oh, my God, they, there must be something. But there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. But it's just a funny stat. The one thing um, a lot of people – I think a lot of people the, – the Cowboys didn't play that great last week. The last two weeks they didn't play that great. And that might be... I mean, they lost to... Who'd they lose to last week? Do you remember? I'll look it up. Was it the Giants? It's hard to tell with the last week, especially if they're already in the playoffs. They were already in the playoffs, but it did matter. If they won, it did matter. So they still needed to win that game. Not need... Redskins. It was the Redskins. Okay. They lost to the Redskins. They got beat pretty hard by the Redskins. It turns out that it didn't matter, but if they would have won that game... I mean, them going into the game, they didn't know that. If they would have won the game, it could have had meaning. Yeah. So the, so it's not like they were like resting players. But the last two games, they had an offensive line shuffle. I'm huge on offensive lines. 
In fact, when I pick a football team to win the Super Bowl, every year I pick one team, and I try to pick a team that's not favored. I try to pick a team that's like, let's let's just take lines, for example. Like if if the line of the team is like plus 400 to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, I'm not going to pick them. I'm going to pick a team that's like plus 3,000. And the the way that I figure out what what one of those like long shots, which one of those long shots is going to win the Super Bowl, I base it entirely on offensive and defensive line. There you go. The Cowboys' offensive line has done really well. They had a um, their left tackle got hurt at the beginning of the season, so they had a rookie their, their number their first round draft pick come in at left tackle, and he has become like their all star offensive lineman. That right tack, that left tackle, a uh, Hall of Famer, that got injured. It's a uh, Terrence Sneal that got injured. That uh, Tyler Smith took his place, and then Terrence Sneal, he's back. So now they have that all-star rookie, and now they have a Hall of Famer. He just came back. Uh, um, Tyler Smith, who's done so good, they're keeping him at left tackle. And then Terrence Sneal is going to take right tackle. So okay. they have like the best tackles on, on both lines. And then in those last two games, they had two offensive linemen that got injured and they're back. One was the center. I think the other one was the left guard. So their offensive line is like an all-star offensive line and they've been rested and this is their first game back. Wow. So I think that that minus two and a half, my point of the story is, I think that minus two and a half is a little bit receded from like minus four or minus six because of how the Cowboys have looked in the last two weeks. Okay. But I think the Cowboys in the last two weeks, they're not themselves because they had like a dismantled offensive line. Okay. And that offensive line is back. So I, 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 this isn't an official play because the models don't like it. But like just off the top of my head, because of the offensive line, I think the Cowboys are gonna like annihilate the Bucks. Yeah, on paper they look better. It's hard to count Tom Brady out. I I know that the running game for the Cowboys has been so impressive. Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott are just a great one-two punch. I feel like Elliott has just really extended his career this year, and uh, I know he's more of like the bruiser, and Pollard's more of like the ad agile guy, but. I just feel like they're a really good combo. It's hard to guard both of those guys. Yeah. They have a good one-two combo. They have a good running game. That offensive line is like now uh, an all-star. Probably the best offensive line going into the playoffs is the Cowboys, I would say. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. They have a good passing. And then like you said, they have a great passing D. Yeah. Which you need going into the playoffs. It's a good good cornerbacks, good uh, secondary. Mm -hmm. I mean... My grandma, I was talking to my grandma on the phone, and my grandma is so anti-Dallas. She's so anti- She's 99 years old. Oh, she's wow. going to be 100 in the spring. We should have her on our podcast. We we should, because you know why we should have her? is because she loves sports. She sits and... That's probably why she's been alive this so long. Because okay. she sits and watches sports all day long. She loves sports. She Have you seen A League of Their Own? The yeah. movie with Tom yeah, Hanks, amazing movie. Where in World War II, they made uh, a professional women's baseball league because all the professional base players went to uh, war. Exactly. And she played in that league. Your grandma played in that league. In that league, yeah. She was a professional baseball player in oh my God. during World War no II. No way. Yeah. So we can have her as a guest. She she's ninety nine, but she's still there. Yeah, like you can have a full conversation with her. That's amazing. In fact, when we talk on the phone, she called and she goes, uh, "She's like, when we call, we just talk about sports." And she's like, uh, "So who do you think is going to win the playoffs?" And I go, "Or who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl?" And I go, "I, I don't know. I it's weird." I hate saying this, but like I really think the Dallas Cowboys are a sleeper, okay. which is weird. And she's like, she got pissed. <laughs> she's like, don't you say that? Because she just doesn't like the Dallas Cowboys for okay. whatever reason. But uh, 
but yeah, it's just funny to talk to her, talk with sports with her. She's very biased on a lot of things. It's like she's anti certain teams. Okay. And the Dallas Cowboys is one of her anti teams. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got to have her on the show. We should have her on the show. Let's she see. would have, she would be really good because she has an opinion. Okay. Like a very, like, yeah. like aggressive opinion. Okay. Let's about do it. things. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be so awesome. Awesome. Well, I guess that's your, I guess, uh, is there anything you want to recommend? Like, um, I want to do a segment where we recommend something that we've, that we are, that we've like read or seen, um, anything you like to recommend? What's your recommendation this week? Um, I guess since we brought up money management earlier is just, to recommend, I, I would recommend to do your own research on betting strategies and or money management in particular and find out which strategy works best for you some people are really tight with their money some people are more aggressive with it and uh, either way you only want to invest what you're willing to lose um i, I don't know i i would look a little bit into the kelly criterion and that's just about trying to find the most efficient bet size we can go into that uh, more into depth on another show but um, is yeah. there a book that you can think of? I I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, is no. there a book that talks about the Kelly? We could talk about it in another show too. I actually learned about the Kelly Criterion from an investing book from like Hedge Fund Market Wizard. So Hedge Fund Market Wizard. Yeah. Oh, it's Market a, Wizards. Yeah. I love that book okay. series. It's like a series of books. Yeah, where oh they interview God, like I the best minds in, in the industry, and so I learned a lot of just invest uh, investment principles from investing books and then i feel like it correlates well with uh sports betting so i would so, just so maybe market wizards the book market wizards because uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna call you out on this yeah. you can't recommend money management you I can't know. be that general <laughs> you have to recommend yeah. something very specific okay uh yeah market wizards is a good one Mar- i love that market book. wizards then. i have not um i have not read that book in probably 10 15 years i gotta read that again okay that was just a really inspiring book to me they had the head fund hedge funds ones yeah. they also had i think a um i'm uh, drawing a blank right now what's it called when you're like invest in potatoes or corn commodities commodities thank you okay they have a commodities market wizards one okay that i really loved that right. was like my favorite one i didn't get to that one yet um market wizards i'm gonna I'm gonna follow your recommendation. <laughs> it's classic. It is a classic. I have not as cool of one. It's mine's more popular. It's a show. I, I I'm really into soccer right now. We're like in the heart of the season, and um, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob uh, McKinney, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, they bought Wrexham, which we were talking about the league structure in soccer. This is the fifth league on down from the top league and it's uh it's uh the national league they bought Wrexham for two million dollars and their their goal is to uh take it from like a small club all the way up to the top so it's worth two million dollars and a top league in the premier league is worth billions of dollars so it's a two million dollar investment Wow. And they want to bring it up to a billion dollar investment or or higher. Wow. And what they're doing is they're documenting the whole thing. So it's a docu-series on Hulu. I watch it on Hulu. And it comes out every Thursday. It's an hour long. And they're pretty much going to document the the growth of this club that they bought for $2 million. They're documenting their investment. I love it. And it reminds me of what we're doing. I I was just reminding me of that, like how we're taking our ten thousand dollar bankroll and trying to grow it. Yeah, we're and and we have a lot of layers in what we're doing, but one of the things is we're going to do the ten thousand dollar markets, the player prop market, the team market, and we're going to grow it over time and document it, and then we're going to do this on the podcast. We're going to document this business and just from the bootstrap ground up. And document the whole thing. Yeah. See where it goes. It just reminds me of that. They're doing it on a different level, but but um I love the show. Me and my it's the one show that me and my wife both watch. My wife has her shows. I have my shows, which is pretty much watching sports. But 
we both sit down as a couple, as a married couple, and watch this show. Okay. So it appeals. So that tells me that it appeals to the person who doesn't know about <laughs> soccer. It is. It appeals to both men and women. It's a great show. It's entertaining. It shows business side of things. It's um. It shows like the famous side of things, and then also if you're into sports, it's also a sports show. So, uh, it's called Welcome to Wrexham. Welcome to Wrexham. I'll have to check it out. It's on Hulu and uh, it comes out every Thursday. It's a good show. All right, I'll check it out. All right. Thanks for the recommendation. I forgot to recommend this podcast when we started, but I'm going to do it right now. If you rate this podcast five stars and you subscribe and you show us that you did it, DM us on TikTok or Twitter at You Bet Smart. You can get one month free on YouBetSmart.com. Normally, it's $50 a month. And you said in the last 15 days, you're up $4,000 under $10,000 bankroll. It's actually less than 15 days, but maybe two weeks. Yeah, (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something around there. And then I think I'm around 50 days. I'm up the same amount, $4,000. So if you combine those, let's just say that's two months worth of bets. That's $8,000 that you made. You would have paid $100 for those two months. So it's worth your investment. Um, it's only going to grow. Uh, we're that confident in it. We are going to have our ups and downs. Yeah. There's going to be slow times. Right now, it's kind of cool because it's an uptime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, rate it five stars, subscribe, and you can get one month free. doesn't cost you anything. Exactly. Just to try it out. You don't even have to bet the bets. You can just see what all this is all about. Be a part of this community that we're trying to grow. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. YouBetSmart.com. Thanks. This was a fun one. Yeah. I can't wait for the next one. All right. We'll see you later. Have a good one.